0: Hey everyone
1: and welcome to episode 140 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here actually in person as not always with Sarah Powers. Hey Sarah. Hey guys
0: we are here together. We're so excited to record in person.
1: We're actually in Phoenix where we've just spent a weekend um, brainstorming our podcast and like some really cool stuff that we're gonna hopefully bring you soon. Um, So it's really fun we're podcasting in bed today. We're like, we're like actually snuggled. I I could put my head on Sarah's shoulder if I wanted to. Can. I can. Oh, oh I'm putting, I might just stay here. This is really comfortable. Um, So the sound might be a little different than usual. And we apologize. Bear with us. We don't, we're in a hotel, like I said, in a bed. Um, But this is a great opportunity for us to talk about being working moms, because that's the reason we're here. And I know the last time we really talked about working mom life was last June. And even my working life has changed dramatically since then. So we have a lot to say. Um, And I don't know that, I mean, we're going to give some tips, we're going to give advice, but we're also just going to talk about the realities of being working moms.
0: Yeah, we are. And we're going to kind of update everybody on how our working mom life looks. And longtime listeners, you guys know that it's changed for both of us over the years. A lot of you are at the beginning of motherhood thinking about going back to work or not going back to work. And I think we always like to remind people that no one decision is permanent forever and we're we're like the best walking examples of that
1: yeah we've done everything from full-time you know traditional employment to being self-employed to being stay-at-home moms and like we've bounced back and forth between that throughout our careers as our motherhood careers so yeah it is a good reminder that you're not like stuck whatever choice you make now can change and um everything can evolve as your family life evolves so um it's just i think good to get that kind of perspective
0: Yeah, I agree. And also, I I find that makes me more empathetic toward working moms around me who have different situations um, when I uh, kind of understand everybody's everybody's work-life balance. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. Okay. We're going to get into this. So Megan, um, like you mentioned at the very top of the show, we did an episode that is one of our most popular. It's episode 105. And it was about working outside the home, staying at home, and everything in between. Um, If you haven't listened to that, that would be a great companion to this one. Um, But I thought, Megan, what we'd start with is kind of the state of our work life right now, because you had... You know, our regular listeners kind of know that you've had some big changes, but why don't you just kind of give an overview?
1: Yeah, I think they know that I've they know that i made changes, but I think probably nobody really understands what my life currently <laughs> looks like and how insane it kind of is. So um, after having worked mostly from home for many, many years, um, I did take this job at the radio station about a year and a half ago. So that changed my life in that I suddenly had a place to be every single day and I had to kind of work around that. Um, and that was, you know, maybe like... Twelve to fifteen hours a week working outside of the home, which was new for me, but I kept everything else kind of the same. And then in August, I got an opportunity to work at a marketing agency as a copywriter, which is something I've always been really intrigued by, and just didn't never never really lined up. Um, I thought I could learn a lot from agency life. I thought it would help me in the work that we do with our sponsors and stuff. And I'm just I was really curious about sort of um exploring this and honestly the idea of a regular paycheck that I didn't have to hustle so hard for and benefits that were partially you know paid for by the company was so so very um appealing and necessary at the time it just really simplified my life so i took the job did not quit the radio and i'm still doing our podcast plus growing the network I have a couple freelance gigs on the side. I mean, there's like a lot I'm directing a play professionally. I mean, I'm not making a lot of money, but I'm directing a children's play and it is something it's a paid thing. So it's like all of these pieces of paid work that I'm piecing together now. So my life looks like I did, I was able to negotiate with the radio station a a short or a, a shorter day and a later start. So I don't have to get up as early as I did, but I'm basically working from seven, until four or five most days, just on my two traditional employment jobs. So I go to the radio, I do the show, I leave there um, about nine o'clock. Then I get to the agency, and then I work a full day at the agency. I do leave the agency early two days a week. The di- the nights that I've kind of set aside as like my family nights that I don't um, that I don't schedule anything and try to just be home and making dinner and stuff. But it is a pretty grueling and heavy schedule.
0: Can I ask a question? When you um, got the agency job, d- I don't remember you telling me, but w- did you sort of negotiate or or set up a schedule that was different? Or are they already set up for kind of flex time?
1: So they don't, interestingly, they don't really have a traditional, like a real what you'd call flex time. The The places open 8 to 5. I do not work 8 to 5. Um, I work 9 to 4 a couple days and then 9 to 5 the other days. But in... That's on paper. In reality, I think the, the biggest thing I kept saying during my interview was I'm really interested, but I really need flexibility and I can't be here till nine. And the understanding is I'll get my work done if that means I have to work through a lunch or if that means I have to, you know, after the kids go to bed, work for a little while. And I do all those things. And so I've kind of balanced that by just being super available. So whether I'm, you know, when I'm not in the office, but it would be where everybody else is in the office for that first hour or so um, when I get home or even in the morning, like, I respond to texts. I make sure that I check in first thing in the morning with my email there so that I kind of have a jump on the day. So it's been manageable, but it is just, it's just a lot of hours. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's really changed. It's changed everything. It's yeah. really a completely different schedule yeah. than I had before. So there's me.
0: Okay, so... um I don't know. I guess you guys, regular listeners, have kind of heard me talk about this, but my work is this podcast and our podcast network. So I don't currently have other employment. I was taking on, you know, five years ago, I had a couple of um, like managing editor jobs for blogs, and I was doing more freelance writing here and there. Um, But even those were sort of self-selected on my own time. Um, So as our network has grown, so two has the number of hours that I am putting in and um, I think probably since the last update not much has changed about the structure of my work so right now Violet is um, in her last year of preschool so my youngest is in her last year of preschool which means that in the fall all three will be in school full-time but that's not the case yet. So, in terms of schedule, what it looks like this year is she goes to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and she does a full school day—not a full like daycare day, but like a eight to three. Um, and then my older two kids are in elementary school, so it is also you know seven thirty to two thirty, same kind of thing. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I have the whole school day, and pretty much this whole school year, I have used that whole school day. For work. Um, because our work it has conference calls and we record podcasts, anything that's scheduled, anytime we have to be on the phone with somebody or record a podcast, I'm going to schedule it for those Monday, Wednesday, Friday days. Except for you and I, because when your work schedule changed, our recording life changed. Yeah. So we tend to record on the weekends. Right. Um, my Tuesday, Thursdays are my like big air quotes stay-at-home mom days, which are not stay-at-home mom days at all. I mean, I'm always... I'm always sort of working and that's, you know, there's been some healthy tension around that this year. Probably Violet is, you know, feels the pull. Sometimes I always take her to the gym. Our gym has great childcare. She's been going in there for, you know, she's very comfortable in there for about two hours. Like after that, she'll be like, mommy, that felt like a long time, but two hours will allow me to do like a quick 30 minute cardio. And then I go down to the cafe. They have like a full, it's like a Starbucks in there. Um, and work for like an hour and a half. If I have an, uh, an hour and a half of uninterrupted time on all of our tasks, I can get a lot done. So that's that's kind of how those Tuesday, Thursday work. So it, I don't know. In terms of hours, I guess I'm probably working about 25 hours a week, but with like 18 hours of childcare.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I have to say one thing that I think is so funny. Um, I actually went and talked to my supervisor about this, because I'm sure at some point I will be um, up for some kind of a promotion or something. And I was saying. You know, the one thing I've noticed about myself is I don't do like water cooler chats. I don't want people to talk to me when I'm at work. I have trained myself to be so efficient that it's kind of like a problem at my work because I don't participate in... I don't know, the way people stretch their days out yeah. by culture. like the culture. culture and like, you know, stopping by someone's cubicle to chat and um, just like little stuff. I get kind of annoyed when there's like a like a team lunch put on the men or on the calendar. I'm like, really, do I have to? I mean, I see people all the time and I really just want to get my work done. And so I have this really I come in, I have my head down, I go right to my desk, I start working and I don't stop until like the day is over. So I can get a lot done. And sometimes I have to really pace myself so that the expectation isn't. That I can do sixty hours worth of work right. in forty hours. Right. I'm really, oh my gosh! There's an airplane taking off. This is what it's like when you podcast live from an airport, yeah. from from a hotel next to an airport. <laughs> so that's what that you're hearing in the background. Um, but I've really, I've really had to kind of to pull that back and tamp down that side of my existence that wants to go into crazy working mom mode because just like I used to be in that position where I dropped my kids off at the gym for two hours and I'd have to get, you know, a full time job done in two hours. And like, it's just so funny now that I almost, not only do I not have to do that, I almost can't do that or shouldn't do that. So I find myself like getting up and walking around the office just to be seen and doing things like slowing down on purpose. It's just a weird, it's a very big and weird shift that I've had to make because I've been so mentally trained to have this go, 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 go mentality.
0: Yeah, that is really interesting. I remember my very first corporate job, I worked remotely for the first six months. And then I went into the office environment and I was like, I had felt guilty that I was putting in maybe five and a half, six hour days when I was working by myself from home. And also I was like 23. So I just had no comparison. And I remember getting into an office environment and being like, I, I was getting twice as much done in five hours <laughs> And and that's not, I'm not knocking anybody's productivity. It's just a different pace. And there's a lot of reasons why workplace culture builds in breaks and events. But if you've been used to freelancing or hustling or pounding the pavement or getting work done during a baby's nap,
1: yeah.
0: like you, you have that, like squeeze it all in as fast as I can. And then that's different in a lot of office environments. Um, okay. So I was going to ask you quickly, it, if this amount of work right now is ideal for you or maybe not. And I know your reality is, you know, you're, you're cobbling this together in part because you have to.
1: Yeah. So no, it's not ideal. I, 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 um, I'm at the point, like everything's fine. I'm keeping everything up. It isn't as crazy as it sounds. And I know, I mean, I am working probably 60 hours, 65 hours a week, depending on what you count as work. Some things I do that, you know, for the network that probably I don't even think about, and they are work. And, you know, so if I was really being honest about it, it's a lot. Um, it's fine right now. I have noticed there's very little room for disasters. If I were to get sick, that would totally throw everything out. And I would have to just eat that and be okay with it. Um, being traditionally employed does bu- like, does buffer you. You know, if I get sick and can't go into work, they're just gonna have to figure it out. And even if there's a deadline I have to meet, if I have the flu or something, like, there are resources there to back me up. And that's not something I've had a lot of experience with as a solo um, solo person for so long. Um, but ideally, I would be working less. Ideally, actually, I'd be probably... For me, the amount of time I work has never been the thing so much as how much I enjoy the work mm-hmm. and how much the work energizes me and then how flexible it is and how much I can fit it into my life. So right now, the thing that's really tough for me is like people putting stuff on my calendar. And that's part of the workplace culture where I am is like you just you want to make a meeting, you just put it on someone's calendar. And then if I don't block it off ahead of time saying I'm busy, I kind of, I mean, I can ask to move it, but kind of, I I feel obligated to be there. That's really tough for me. I'm so used to having like complete control over my calendar and always scheduling everything for myself that it's like, ah, you know, I, I wasn't technically busy at that time, but I was in the middle of something or I was getting into my workflow and I really didn't want to have this meeting. So that's tough and then sometimes just having to be someplace for what feels like arbitrary reasons is really hard for me so I would say those things are harder than the number of hours Mm, I'm working
0: yeah that's interesting Um, for me I feel like it's it's really close to ideal Um, I was thinking about how you know with kids being in school more I would have naturally filled that time with something and is it happy coincidence or the universe or whatever that our business started to grow, you know, really right as my kids were in school more. And sometimes I stop and think like, well, what if we hadn't decided to launch a podcast network and if our pod, our own podcast hadn't taken off, like, what would I have done with three full days and very soon in the fall, five full days? And, you know, there's lots of things. I might've done more freelance writing and try to get back into that. I might've gone full bore into volunteering at the school, but this feels really, really good. So I would say when it doesn't feel ideal is when like we're putting out fires, when things feel really urgent or something's going, quote unquote, going wrong. Megan always tries to tell me there are no podcast emergencies, but I am more <laughs> panic prone than Megan. So when we have something that feels like I want to fix it and it happens at 3.30 when the kids have all just gotten home from school and I want to be, you know me, I like the structure and I like the to keep work at work. And now the kids are home and they're having a snack and they're telling me about their days and my phone's blowing up. That's not super ideal. Um, But I also, I've been, since the new year, I've been really protective of my mornings. I've been reading in the mornings again. So I think like everything, it kind of ebbs and flows. And I think in the fall I was filling literally every available moment with work. And now I feel like I'm back to some healthy boundaries. So it feels pretty close to ideal right now, minus, you know, the random podcast emergencies
1: (laughs) and they will happen and I think one thing you and I were talking about yesterday over dinner was like stuff will blow up and it always feels longer and bigger than it is and then you realize it went by relatively quickly like oh that blow up it happened (laughs) exactly it is like it is like motherhood like you'll feel so much stress and the stress becomes so much um, bigger than what it really reflects in real life and then when it passes you're like oh well, that wasn't really so bad. Look look how that all worked out and how it all wrapped up. So it's, yeah, it's definitely there. And I definitely think that for myself, it's also my responsibility, even though I have to work. And part of this is me really wanting to really work hard now to get myself on really solid footing financially so that I can make different choices later. And maybe I need to let something go, or maybe I need to modify something. And it's kind of on me, I feel like, to make changes where I can. Like when I knew It sounds really silly, but like negotiating with the radio station to come in half an hour later changed my entire morning. Getting a little more sleep, having a little less rushed time with my kids in the morning um, or feeling a little less rushed. I also do one of the episodes from home and I pre-record two days a week so I don't have to go in at all. And even though I have to kind of move my schedule around to be able to record... It means those are two mornings a week where I can just sit down and have breakfast with my kids and get them to school to normal time and not have to drop them off at a relatives or worry about, you know, how I'm going to get everyone where they have to be. And so it was really on me to make those changes. And I've also found people can be really understanding. So if we have to make a change and you are of value Mm -hmm. to your employer, they might be more willing to work with you than you think. And that's something like I had to kind of... Swallow down a little fear that they weren't going to think I was, you know, doing my part worth it exactly, and say this is all I can do. Like if you want to keep, this is really all I can do. And then people were very surprisingly willing to work with that. So I mean, everyone's got a different work environment. Not everyone's culture is just the, the places I happen to be and what it's like. But you might be surprised at how understanding people can be, um, especially if you just try really hard to be accommodating and competent and do what you can and have like a really good attitude, then I think that gets rewarded.
0: And I would actually extend that to our stay at home mom listeners with any kind of commitments you're taking on, whether it's volunteering, um, school stuff, um, social commitments, people are... (laughs) often more understanding than you think, especially if we were also talking about this last night, especially if you are proactive about it instead of, and I think we even talked about this in a recent episode, instead of waiting till you're in crisis mode to ask for help. We talked about this in our happy mom habits of, you know, sort of realizing your limitations or your boundaries early and be like, here's what I can't take on that full-time PTA position. Here's what I can do. I can co-chair it or I can find somebody You know, to partner up with me. You know, so I I think that applies even when you are not even working outside the home. Um, Speaking of which, I just want to acknowledge that we have listeners who work because they have to and wish they could be home. We have listeners who are at home and kind of wish they could be working, and then everything in between. And right now, I am working because I want to, not because I have to. That's just our family situation. You are hustling hard because you have to. And like you said, to sort of, um put some put some structure in place so that hopefully there is more freedom later so we just i guess just want to acknowledge that and it's kind of okay no matter what? I think it's okay to work. I, I mean, not I think, I believe it is okay to work just because you want to. It's also great to be at home if that's what you want to do.
1: And, and for some of us, it looks like a mix of those things. Like you, you have to, maybe you have to work to bring in some income for the family, but you don't, but you want to work more than you have to. That's been a position I found myself in. And, and I don't, you know, we were talking about this last night too, like, especially with as much as I've got going on and people are like, you have like four jobs. And sometimes it's hard for me not to take that as judgment. It's people acknowledging that my life is a little nuts and I have to work hard to be like, own it, like that it's a positive thing in my life and that it's necessary and it doesn't mean that I'm not seeing my kids ever and it doesn't mean I'm not taking care of myself. and But I still kind of have to like walk that walk, too. So I really do have to make sure that I still set aside time for my kids, even if it's truncated and not as long and leisurely as it once was, that it's focused and When I can't like setting aside Monday nights, those are like the that's the night I've kind of identified as the night that is least likely for there to be anything I really have to do. I can usually be home by four fifteen. I don't the kids don't have any activities on those nights, and so that's just a night that I can just be super present. And it's one evening; it's not enough, but it'll it's better than if I didn't have it set aside and then felt like I was trying to cram a bunch of stuff in randomly on a Monday and didn't have any structure around a time that I was going to just be more relaxed. And I take better advantage of the weekends and stuff. Um, I do want to acknowledge the baby thing because when I was working full-time with toddlers, um, I don't remember if we're ever working full-time with an infant, but I think I went back to work full-time when Isaac was like four month, 14 months old. And that was very, very, very different. Um, and just kind of different in that it was a nice break from the realities of parenting a toddler, but also super hard dropping them off at daycare and everything felt like the timing all felt so fraught at the time, like yeah. getting a toddler ready to get out of the house on a winter morning is hard. Yeah. And that added a whole level of stress that I don't currently go through. So my current work schedule and situation would have maybe broken me, yeah. you know, 15 years ago. It's manageable now.
0: Yeah, No, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a whole bunch of things that are different Um Also, just financially, because if you are working full time outside the house and have a baby and a toddler, there's no free public school. Right. So the, the equation that how, hel- and what happens to a lot of parents is the, that equation of the cost of childcare versus the income that's coming in gives a lot of people pause, not everybody. Um, and then there's all the things we just talked about, which sometimes it's, you still, I mean, you just, your love and your passion for your career is still there, regardless of what that equation looks like, but it's different for everyone. And there's school is school is a game changer. When you have kids in school full time, um, that just opens up, like I said, many hours, 15, 18, 20 to 30 hours a week where you know where they're going to be and they are going to be in the place where they would be anyway. That's right. like, that's how it feels to me since I do have some flexibility about how much work I choose to do. Like they're going to be in school. What am I choosing to do with that time? And for now it's our, our business. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's this, this, not to say there aren't stressors there. There are like it, my kids go to three different schools, so if Will and Owen miss the bus, and I've told them this, like, with older kids, you can be really frank. It's like, when I don't want to put this on you guys, but if you miss the bus, my entire morning is shot, because now I I have to be live on the radio, so now I can't do that, because I have to drive you to school, so either I have to take you in later, and you have to be late, or I have to be late, and it's unacceptable. And I really have had to, and they they've been great, like, they've really risen to the occasion that said they're kids and sometimes they get up too late or they don't get moving fast enough and they miss the bus. And I can only manage it because I'm doing so many things. I can only ride them so hard to make that happen. So the stressors are still there. I think one lesson that I took away from that really stressful time of having like a toddler in daycare and working um, full time is that it's still a big picture thing. Like when your morning is wrecked because your kid throws up on his outfit and you have to change him and then you drop him off and you're 15 minutes late for work or whatever it is. Like I remember having a crying over my steering wheel moment all those years ago, still the next day comes and usually within a few days, like whatever emergency and crisis there was has passed yep. nothing to, very rarely is something as important and crucial as it seems in that high stress moment. And that's true no matter how old your kids are. Yeah,
0: that's that's true, but really hard to remember. Yeah. Um, so, in a minute, we're going to take a quick break. But before, I, I want to point you guys to a few episodes from the archives and a couple other things, especially if you are a new listener. Um, so, way back when I started doing interview shows, they're called our Mom Our Voices series. So, we do an interview once a month. Um, and I interviewed three working moms in the same episode, and all three of them had very young children in childcare situations. So, that would be a really really fun one to go listen to. One of whom is Kelsey from the Girl Next Door podcast, which many of you listen to, and we actually got to see Kelsey in person yesterday. Um, so that's a great episode and that was from June 2016. And so that'll be at the And then we mentioned that we kind of took on this topic Um, about seven months ago in episode 105. Um, And then I also want to give a shout-out to Crunchy Cocktail Hour, which is a newer show in our Life Listen Network. And um, Allison and Larissa actually work together, and they are full-time corporate working moms with very young kids in childcare and actually one of their recent episodes because they talk about healthy living and natural lifestyle stuff hence the crunchy um, but they actually talked about um, their daycare and they interviewed their daycare director about keeping the daycare healthy and sort of that kind of thing but I think if you are a full-time working mom especially with little kids you'll just really relate to their everything they talk about has the underlying assumption that they are working full-time outside the home in a corporate environment and I feel like if you you're feeling like you, you want to identify with somebody in that position. I think that's a great show to listen to. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the mom hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, our place. In fact, you, me and our team member, Katie, we're all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night.
1: Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, this idea that I think is pretty prevalent that moms aren't seen as competent or reliable or sort of dedicated in the office. And I think we all know that's a bunch of baloney. And I think we also know that um, smart employers know that that's a bunch of baloney, but it still can be like that thing like that. Um, I don't know, like that hang up that we have that makes us feel like maybe we're not doing all the things that we should be doing or not good, doing a good enough job. Um, I My team is very young. So and even though I'm senior to all of them in experience and age, I'm not my position is not at this time senior to their position. So It's just kind of a little awkward because I come in later and I leave earlier than any of them do. And they don't have kids to go pick up like they don't have they just live at work. That's that's their social life. And often my boss is texting me, you know, she's like 27 and often she's messaging me from working at six o'clock and I know she hasn't left yet. And so I did at first have like a real struggle with feeling like it was okay for me to work the way I work. And I just keep going back to the thing that we said at the very beginning is like, I have learned from experience how to be super efficient. And if I'm competent and getting my work done and also, um, I guess, and also being accommodating when I can, And making sure that I make a point of showing them that I'm serious about my work, like I'm really trying to let go of the idea that I'm not contributing. I think I'm actually probably contributing as much or more than any of the people who are spending more hours. It's like, that's been a mindset shift for me, like realizing that hours in sitting in my seat doesn't necessarily equal productivity. It doesn't necessarily make me more or less valuable at my job.
0: Well, not only that, but I think you're setting a really important example for the women who are a little bit younger than you about what it looks like to care and be conscientious of other people's time. You're not not showing up for meetings. You're not showing up late. You are owning your competence and setting up your life in such a way that you can contribute meaningfully at work and meet the expectations of the rest of your life and I think that's actually um, they may not know it but I think you're probably setting a really good example for because those 27 year olds are going to be moms they, yeah they are and, and I think
1: I think too like it doesn't hurt that I'm 40 as I walk in with a little bit of a different swagger <laughs> and i'm just kind of like yeah 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 you know it's it doesn't hurt and i think if someone's listening who's a little younger and maybe a little less sure of themselves it might not be it's like an easier said than done thing but maybe the place to start is just when you look at your schedule like for me what meetings take priority and i've done i've gone so far as to go to my boss i ask my boss lots of questions and i don't hold back and like if i have a question about how i'm perceived i just ask and i'll say you know If I had to prioritize something, what do you think is the most important thing? Like, what would you suggest I don't ever move? Who are the people in the office, especially because I'm just getting to know the personalities? like, who are the people in the office who are the stickiest wickets? Like, who are the ones I don't cancel on? And who are the ones who won't care? And she's been great about providing me with that. I think when you ask, like, I know as someone, I'm not in a leadership role there, but just like when I work with other people um, on projects and stuff, like I would so much rather someone asks me all of the questions ahead of time and so that I can answer them, than they guess and try to figure it out and feel sheepish and then things are a mess or there's miscommunication. Personally, that's my style. But I think, I don't know, I always think like leading with honesty and finding out everything you need to find out ahead of time is like always a smart policy.
0: Yeah, I agree. So we're going to get into a little bit more detail about just some of the, I don't know, hacks is maybe one word. Some of the things that keep us afloat as working moms. Um, And I think ours are pretty different because as we've set up here, our working lives are pretty different. I am still, I am working for us as a business, so I don't have the external accountability of an employer and a workplace and all that. So you have some specific, some specific hacks for us. Yeah. Well,
1: I just want to, so if one of the things that's big is communication and I gave up on the idea that, that my kids were going to be a certain age before they got phones <laughs> like last summer because I realized In our lives, it was just kind of pun. I was punishing myself by having this arbitrary age. Like everyone has to be twelve before they can have a phone, and Owen was eleven. And there were days I had to go to work and leave him home, um, maybe with you know, maybe with another brother. But like, I really like to be able to get in touch with anybody. And chances are good, some kid's not going to have their phone on them. And so I've really relaxed that everybody has a phone with wireless service except for Clara. She has a phone that doesn't have wireless service but can tap into Wi-Fi. So that allows me and she's still really cute about it. Like she'll forget where her phone is for 4 days and it's not crucial that I keep in touch with Clara. She'll never be home alone. She's always going to have a buddy or something, but um I use Voxer, you know, a lot. William and I, he's kind of my reliable Voxer kid and he and I Vox a lot. Like I will Vox him during the day. I know he can check his phone like at lunch. I'll make sure that anything that I had you know, that there's not like an after-school thing that I forgot about or some reason he's not going to get on the bus. And I'll check in with him to make sure he's in eighth grade, Owen's in sixth, just to make sure he knows where Owen is and that Owen's on the same page. And he's really great about checking in. Then when he gets home, he'll check in and I'll be like, hey, can you unload the dishwasher or can you switch the laundry or whatever it is that I need to have done to kind of keep things moving. I also for a while I was using Voxer as a way to wake the kids up in the morning. <laughs> I've tried not to I've tried to stop doing that because I really don't want them to have their phones in their bedroom. Um but I'm going back and forth about Will because he's really responsible and I think I just think he can handle it and not stay up late. He's also very reliable with his sleeping habits. So I think he I might make an exception and it is useful sometimes to be like, "Hey, I'm downstairs doing X, Y, and Z. How are things moving up there? Is everyone up? Does Claire know where her pants are? Like those kind of questions. And if there's a problem, I can go up. But like, I don't have a lot of time to spare in the morning, especially if I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Like I need every few minutes of sleep I can get. So that's one way I kind of keep things going. And and I do a lot of um, hangout, Google Hangouts with Clara on the weekend. And we love it. We send like little stickers back and forth. And it just it's really sweet. And it, it makes me feel good, especially because they're with their dad half the week. So, I don't see her a lot anyway. So, it, that makes me feel good.
0: Okay. I love those things. And I, you know me, I love technology that solves problems. It's like, it makes me so happy. Um, if you guys don't know, Voxer is a voice messaging app. They always say it's like a walkie talkie. So, it's just an app on your phone. Think of it as like leaving short voicemails without having to call, without needing to know if someone's going to pick up. And most importantly, without needing to actually check a voicemail. It's all right there. And you can also text like type text within the same app um and we use it for business we use it for everything and then um, yeah google hangouts too it's just google's messaging yeah that's great um one thing i was going to mention is because my work kind of seeps out over there's so there's so few definitions of when I'm at work when I'm at home um that I've tried to be really open about talking to the kids about the work that I'm doing and even the specific work that I'm doing um I think sometimes it's easy for them to think that mom's just looking at her phone or mom's just like and you've you've talked about this when your kids were little too like you you were cobbling together a full-time freelance career and your kids just thought you were like emailing your friends all day <laughs> like Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's maybe coming from a place of a little defensiveness, but also I think it's interesting for them. Like my older two kids, especially ask questions about they listen to podcasts. They don't really listen to ours, but they listen to podcasts and they hear podcast advertisers. And we talk about the advertising model and who my clients are and what I'm doing. And, you know, they hear me on Voxer with you and they hear our voices going back and forth. So I think part of that for me is helping them realize that I'm not spacing out on my phone. Um, I am. I am multitasking. I am asking them, you know, please hold that thought for a minute. I need to listen to this message, and that's okay. That's the choice I'm making right now. I don't really, I don't really feel the need to defend it, but I do feel like if I take the time to explain what I'm doing, they're learning a little bit about my career. Hopefully, they're, um, you know, at some level, kind of appreciating the different hats that I wear, and not just that I'm asking them to wait five minutes.
1: I love that. And one of the things I've done both with radio and with the agency is at times I have brought my kids into work with me only for a little bit of time. But I think that they just really get a kick out of seeing where I go and what I do. And Clara especially feels so special when she gets to do that. Like she kind of strutted around the office like, oh, I'm Megan's, you know, I'm Megan's daughter. And just it's kind of fun to see like the pride on her face and she really gets into it. So I love that. That is really a good idea. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on was you know, letting go of things as a working mom. And some of that, especially now that I'm a divorced working mom, like some of those things are things I've held on to really tightly because they kind of, I don't know, justify me or remind me of a time when I was more focused on the kids and had more time to spend with them. And one of them that like came up this year was there was a parent-teacher conference. And I don't know the way that works in your school, but in our school, there's a mandatory at the beginning of the year. Like everyone gets scheduled. At the end of the year, you can schedule one. Um, And they just basically... I can't remember if we were asked to pick a day or if they just basically create a day. And then if you if that doesn't work for you, you can reschedule. And it was like at four o'clock on a Tuesday. And I thought I was going to go. And John and I usually have always gone together. He's worked out of town more than me. So sometimes it was just me over the years. Um, but it was like 345. And I looked at my clock and I thought I could make it. But it would mean I'm not going to get this thing done that I really need to get done and I'll feel bad and stressed. And so I just was like, I'm not going to make it. And so he went by himself and it was so not a big deal because if I needed like I I keep in touch with the teachers via email. If at any point I need to schedule a conference, I can. And I got enough information through him to find out how they were doing. So I really didn't need to be there. It was just me like not wanting to like let go of that piece of control or looking good or looking like the involved parent and I really just had to kind of let that go there's been other times um because of work conferences and travel and stuff I've had to miss um, performances but they always offer them twice there's a during the day performance and there's an evening performance and I've emailed teachers and say I couldn't be to the evening one that usually parents go to and it's usually like a total hot mess of over too many people anyway, and there's never anywhere to sit. So I would say, can I come during the day? And the teachers were always like, oh, of course. Yeah. So I'd go see the daytime daytime performance. I guess my point is just like, I think there's the things that we do because we feel like we're being watched and we want to look like the involved parents. And there's so often a workaround or an an option B um, that I just want to encourage people to like Not stress yourself out over always going with option A if option B is a real option. And usually there is, I think.
0: Well, this is like, I get real soapboxy about this because even in the times when I've been 95% stay-at-home mom, which is a lot of the times, I mean, for a long time, I had very little freelance stuff here and there. I just... (laughs) I'm such a firm believer that you get to choose the amount of your involvement in school, what it looks like, um, and that you get to be really up front with both your kids and the teachers about it. And that teachers and the school, I think they appreciate the parents who show up for the things they say they're going to show up for. Don't try to be everything all the time. Almost more than the parents who... (laughs) Are there for everything all the time, like so? And I also think that if you it's easy to burn out, if you start out being room parent every year for every kid, you got a lot of years of a lot of kids to be room parent and class party parent and field trip chaperone. Like, I'm all about starting with really selective with the things that you want, and this is like regardless of whether you are staying at home or working outside the home. I think actually, for stay at home moms, school stuff is equally difficult because a lot of times you have babies and toddlers with you, and that was kind of my. Deal for a while. Getting to school stuff was harder because I was dragging somebody with me, Um, and and now there's work. And I love being involved at the kids' school, but I really, I really don't like the assumption that there's one right way to be involved in school and to show up for your kids at school.
1: I totally agree. And you know, something that just popped into my head when you were talking about that is it occurs to me like a recurring question that we get is about mom friendships forming, mom friendships. And it occurred to me that every time my mom, my circle of mom friendships have originated with in-school volunteering, then I become that much more pressured to keep it up or do a lot of it. And I don't really know if there's a takeaway from this, except that I would really encourage people whenever possible to look outside of that for building your social network, because you're going to find your people wherever they happen to be. And sometimes There's a culture built up around being the moms that volunteer or the moms that are really involved. And once you're sort of entrenched, it's hard to pull out of that if you don't also have outside friendships and outside things going on. And that's not to say don't be friends with other moms who volunteer. That's dumb. But just like if that's sort of the basis of your clique or your group, I think that then that becomes... It just becomes another layer of pressure. Like another reason that I have to do this is because now everyone expects that I'm going to because those are all my friends. And I don't know. I I don't know if that's even useful advice because I know sometimes it's hard. That's where you naturally look because that's the people that you see every day. Um, I've been happier when I've had random friendships with like neighbors and people that I know through completely different circumstances.
0: Yeah. And the one thing to add to about like school concerts and school events um, and I think there's some really practical ways we can all support each other as moms. Um, I know anytime, and I think you mentioned this recently, anytime you can snap a picture while you're at a field trip and send it to the mom who's not there or plan ahead, be like, Hey, uh, I'm going to get to the assembly early. Do you want me to save you a seat? Cause I know you're rushing in. Or do you want me to take the baby out so you can watch that part of the concert? I think we can all support each other so much with just those little acts of kindness, working or not working. Um, Nobody wants their kid to be the one scanning the audience with no mom there. That's sort of like the cliche. But I think I think it's much more nuanced than that. And I think we can help each other show up for our kids in different ways.
1: I totally agree. And and this is just I mean, we can soapbox all day. and, And this is the kind of thing that I would have maybe thought very differently about when I had the flexibility to be around at four o'clock. And this is just an example. Um, the kids, my my daughter's class, she's in third grade. The third graders at the school always put on a little performance of the Nutcracker. It is like the cutest thing. It's the best one. Like, you know, every year the kids do the same thing from year to year. So Owen did in fourth grade the same thing that Clara will do in fourth grade. Um, but the Nutcracker is definitely the best. And it's also widely, widely attended. Like there are so many people packed into that gym. It's, there's standing room only. And this year, my um, John's mom went, my ex-mother-in-law, I guess, um, went ahead of us. And she got there. She dropped Clara off and got there early. And she texted and said, all of the parents already came and put coats on all the seats. There's no place to sit. And then I found out from another friend that a bunch of the moms who were involved in the school went there at four o'clock and put coats on the seats and I felt terrible. Like I just felt really bad. Like why would you, you had a jump on me. And so now I have to like sit way, way, way in the back and I can't see. And of course someone's always going to be sitting in the back and that's the brakes, right? But something about that just rubbed me the wrong way in a way that I might not even have thought about two or three years ago when that was an option for me. And I think, I guess the takeaway for that is like maybe just put yourself in someone else's shoes for a second and think like, you know, just because I can do something doesn't mean I necessarily have to, or is there a way to be more inclusive? And it just, it was fine in the end. And we, you know, we got there, we saw it. I was able to get some pictures, not a big deal, but it was kind of like a, like another moment of where I miss out because I was at work at four and couldn't run over here and put my coat on a seat.
0: Oh, that's, that's actually a really, a really good story for everybody to hear um I have more of like a question for you and I don't know if this came up for you when you were kind of when your situation looked a little more like mine which was like from the outside it's very easy to assume I'm a stay-at-home mom I pick up my kids from school every day at three I'm you know with them when they're roller skating in the neighborhood outside at four thirty. um So, my identity has, and all the shifting has been rather gradual. It's not like one day I put on a business suit and left my house at 730. So, it's been kind of gradual. Actually, when we moved to Southern California three and a half years ago, I was probably, Violet was a year and a half, and I was probably at like a low dip in the amount of work I was doing. I was still working for you. Mm -hmm. but. Like I was working five to 10 hours a week. So it was like not even worth mentioning. Like nobody knew I really had anything going on. Well, now I work, you know, close to 30 hours a week and I have commitments. So I feel like it is a little, I get into awkward situations sometimes where even people I've known for a while don't know that I work at all or they don't know what I do. And so they don't really know like what to ask about. And then, and then it does get me into situations where people assume I have a stay at home schedule and can do things on that sort of an assumption. And there's like been no place to correct them. So I don't know if you ever felt like that.
1: Oh, I felt like that for
0: 15 years.
1: <laughs> um, and we've talked about the fact that both of us, as though we're very proud of what we do and we enjoy being on the mic and all that stuff, we're both kind of private and neither one of us like to go around talking about what we do. I find that it starts a lot of awkward conversations like people don't. What's the podcast? And then you have to describe it over and over. And it's just I want to just live my life, man. So Part of me really liked the fact that I kind of flew under the radar when I was just working purely from home, Um, but part of me, part of me resented it because I was like, "No, I'm doing all these things, and like, yeah, like I'm not just sitting around my house all day. I'm not. My blog isn't cute. It's not just like a fun pastime. This is my job." Um, When I started the radio, it was so funny to me how much people latched onto the idea that I'm a radio personality, and I'd have to be like, "Well, yeah, but that's like." such a small part of what I do. Like, it's just the most, excuse visible. me, visible part. Yeah. And people know what that is and they can assign a value to that, I guess. So, yeah, I don't really know what the solution is. I I kept my I've kept my my um social circles tight for many reasons. Um some of which being I just like the comfort of knowing my people know me and they understand my life and I don't have to keep explaining it and also just for simplicity's sake, you know? Like I wanted to have friends that I could That could be the people that I could ask at the last minute to drop my kid off and or vice versa and like just keep it really simple. So that helped over the years being out there on social media about what I do Mm -hmm. helped and really continuing to reinforce that this is I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Um, And then I kind of had to come up with like a like a elevator speech. Yeah so that people when they asked me i could say you know depending on what i was doing at the time i could say you know i'm a freelance writer and blogger and i also own a pod- I own a podcast network like and they'd be like oh what and then i would just run away before they could ask any more questions
0: <laughs> no i love that and i do feel like when i meet new people now i get to like start fresh with that identity which is i do i own my own business i co-own my own business and i work about 25 hours a week on my own schedule that's an easier elevator speech than the people who knew me as a mostly stay-at-home mom and now is like what what like what what do you do anyway it in the end I suppose it doesn't matter but it is a little bit more of an identity and your point about the radio is so true like people know what box to put that in like I have this I have this longtime friend who says I don't like to ask people what they do because unless the answer is doctor lawyer nurse or teacher I literally have no follow-up like I don't I don't understand the jobs. I don't even know what to ask. And that's that's true. People really do feel that way. So radio DJ is like, oh, I know what to do with that. Like, right. cool. But like you said, that's that's such a small piece of the overall trajectory of your career. Um, any other sort of practical hacks? I know you were, you were going to say that you have lunch with Clara, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, so that's something that I've been like, kind of working into my schedule where because I don't spend as much time with my kids as I would like to right now. I'm trying to find ways to create little special pockets of time and grabbing Clara from school and taking her lunch is one way that I can do that. Um, I can do that with the other kids as well, but I think it's kind of like figuring out what means the most to them. And that is something that feels very special to her and is a big deal. Um, For Owen, it's stuff like he really loves the cat. So it's stuff like coming in after school and instead of getting all into my kitchen work right away. He's always on my bed cuddling the cat when I get home. And so sitting down for five minutes and cuddling the cat and talking to him about his day is like super like like a really impactful po- tiny little pocket of time. So I'm just trying to find ways to capitalize on those things with all of the kids. And they all happen in different places. And some kids need longer amounts of time and some don't need as much. And some need me to really work to draw them out. And you know, then I have kids who just you know, verbal, Mm -hmm. verbal diarrhea at me as soon as I walk in the door. So it's just kind of figuring out where they all are. And and I mentioned lunch with Clara because it was like such a little thing that I said, Oh, well, once I just get this on my schedule and that's going to be fairly sacred. And if it's, you know, it's always on a Thursday, then it's always on a Thursday. And then I schedule my life around that. It's small things that make a big impact.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Um, the one that came to mind for me was, um, paying attention. You know, we all say, well, we're on our phones too much or I'm distracted by my phone. And um, that has ebbed and flowed for me. And sometimes it's downright necessary. Sometimes I just have to respond to things. Um, But I like toward the end of last year was getting up early, as you guys know that I do. And I was working from like five to six before my kids got up. And in my mind, it was a great time to get a head start on the workday because Megan you're on the east coast so you were 3 hours later so you and I would catch up about stuff I would respond to any urgent emails and then in my mind I would then shut the computer and then we'd go about our morning well I it just got to the point where it was really um making my mornings very stressful because my brain I would shut the computer down but my brain was in full blown work mode. And so I was really irritable and kind of like really scattered. I'm normally a pretty organized morning person. Like, you know, we've talked about like cruise ship director, you're telling people where to go and here's your breakfast. And I was feeling super scattered. And it was because my brain like kept going, like my brain kept going in the workday. Um, So that was something I had to realize, like I will be more productive at work If I wait until the kids are at school and I will just it will just happen throughout the day. And so I guess the point there is um, I don't want to tell anybody to stay off their phone because our phones let us have these crazy hybrid work life balances. I'm the last person to say you shouldn't respond to a work email on your phone while your kid's in the bath right next to you, your older child, not your baby in the bath. Please don't do that. But you know what I mean? Um, I'm all about it. I'm like, if it helps, if it helps us keep it all together, then go for it. But I think we have to check in with ourselves about is this quote unquote multitasking or this, um, you know, hammering out an hour of work during the baby's nap? Is it productive for work? And is it contributing to the overall balance? Or or does it need examining? I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally.
1: And I yes, it's, it's being mindful in all things and adjusting. I mean, if we could wrap this up in like succinctly with a piece of advice, it's all about keeping paying attention, being mindful and changing things when they have to change. Really?
0: Yeah. And knowing that like certain seasons are maybe out of your control, like you may hate your job and you may be sticking it out until your youngest starts kindergarten and then you're going to go out and launch a freelance business, whatever. I think, I think it's kind of okay to be mildly dissatisfied with a certain season, don't you think? And knowing that our careers are long, the arc is long um, and there's small changes. And now we're just starting to sound like what we always say, but there's small changes you can make to increase happiness, even if the overall season is a crappy one. And that's true. (laughs) No matter how you, what you, what kind of work you do. Um, Okay, a couple of things before we wrap up. Um, I want to remind you guys that we have a listener survey. It's going to be available for a few weeks. This really helps us collect information about who you are, why you listen to us, what kind of content you would like to see from us. Um, If you're, I mean, whether you're a brand new listener and I've only listened to a couple episodes, we'd still love your input. And if you're a longtime listener and you did our first survey a year and a half ago, we still really need you to do this one. So, Basically, you're not off the hook no matter what. Please do our listener survey. Um, We use that information in so many ways to help grow our show and make a better show. So you can find it everywhere. We're posting about it on social media. We link to it at themomhour.com. We will link to it in the survey and you will hear us continue to talk about it because we'll remind you for a few weeks. Um, Also, we have a fun bonus episode coming up this Friday, Megan. Do you want to talk about that real quick? We have a dad on the show.
1: We do. We've got a dad named Wit Honey. He is a blogger that I've known for a long time and it's in partnership with responsibility.org, which you guys know is an organization we've worked with in the past. They sponsor the Talk Early program Which is all about talking to your kids about tough things like alcohol responsibility. Um, And so it's going to be really great because we're going to be talking about the impact that dads make in kids' lives and sort of some you know, stereotypes that aren't fair about dads and how to um, encourage your kid's dad to have those tough conversations or if you're a dad, how to have those conversations. Just, it's a really, uh, we have a really great conversation coming up with him. So please do tune in for that episode.
0: Yep, so that'll be coming up Friday. Um, And then hopefully you guys are signing up for our email newsletter list. We've been sort of like, you know, rolling this out rather slowly, but we are going to start sending a monthly newsletter. It has all of the promo codes from all of our current sponsor deals in one handy place. That's like a big, Value add. So if you hear us talk about our sponsors, but you can't remember what that code or that link is, we send it out once a month, and they're all in one place, all the ones that are you know not expired or anything. Um, and then Katie's really been working behind the scenes on some other fun content for that newsletter. So stuff you won't get on the podcast, stuff from me and Megan and Katie. So you can sign up to get that newsletter at themamara.com. Right in our show notes or in our sidebar, there is a place to sign up, and we would appreciate it. All right, I guess next time we record, Megan, we will not be in bed in a hotel
1: we won't be in phoenix looking out at a pool either uh, unfortunately
0: we need to get out in that pool i think it's warming up out there all right thanks you guys thanks for being here with us um thanks for listening we love to hear from you You can email us hello at momhour.com, hit us up anywhere on social media we are the mom hour um, or leave us a comment in the show notes we would love it thanks everybody bye Tell
1: your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code themomhour. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K. E R I K A-P-P and use code themomhour to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us. And it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple podcasts, you can navigate to the mom hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the mom hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.